What a wonderful thing it is to understand that you are <clears throat> strengthened, that you're helped, and that you have a tremendous person like Jesus Christ with you, in you, and with your relatives and friends when anything is a burden to us. In continuing the thought of Christ being with us, and we have worshipped him, and we communed with him, and we related with him and his suffering and his caring for us. We want to extend that picture as we continue to worship and serve him and as we have this message from him because he speaks to us through his servants. And I'm one of those servants. Sister Faye Palmer, uh, about two Sundays ago, some of somebody talked about my sermon. I don't know what I preached on, but she told me about it. She told me in her encouragement class we have on Sunday evening. We meet there and we encourage one another, call people. And uh, she said somebody said something about my sermon, and she said, "Yeah, it was it was." It was good. Said I, I've never been here 14 years. I've been here longer than that. But she said 14 years, and said I've never heard a bad one yet. Now, for a preacher, you talk about encouragement, and you talk about reaching out and supporting someone. Those were supportive words. Now, I believe she meant it because if I ever said anything from God's word, she heard God, not me. We can be thankful for such supporters, such boosters, such encouragers, as she. She's still living. She's still with us. Her body is. I don't think her spirit is because her brain was terribly damaged. And she's probably with Jesus. We don't know that. That's only a theory. But it's well-based. Her organs are beating, or they're thumping their life under a struggle. We're hurting, we're grieving, but we're so graciously thankful to God that she was in Christ, that she was a Christian, that she is a Christian that she is with Christ, dead or alive. She's with Christ. Doesn't matter. We have a lot of people hurting in this congregation. Those of us who are ministering and helping Faye, uh, Faye but uh, those that with Frida Lamb, with her sister Price, Barbara Price, she's with us this morning, with others who are able to be with us and, and, and certainly are, are burdened with uh, health 
And we're just a family that just helping and supporting one another. That's what God has has brought us all together for. And uh, if there was ever, uh, I think, two words that stand out in in God's message, they stand out like mountain peaks all the way through the Bible to his chosen people. Just two little words. Fear not. Fear not, Abraham. I'll be with you. Fear not, Abraham. I'll give you a son. Fear not. After 25 years, he gave him one. Fear not to Jacob. Isaac to Jacob, he repeated those two words to all of them. I know Joshua came through and was a servant to God, and he said, fear not to him. There was the land to be conquered and people to be driven out. He said, fear not. We quote that in Hebrews, the, third, the 13th chapter. Fear not, himself hath said, this was to Joshua, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And that's difficult to believe when we get under fire and under pressure. But the faithful who've gone on before, they, they realize it. Paul, who persecuted the church and was an enemy to Jesus Christ, a schooled Jew, hard-headed and stubborn, put to death people who reflected on fear not and they gave their lives, even Stephen, and Stephen didn't fear. He just said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit and, 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 and lay not this sin to their charge. When Paul was converted and became a Christian, he had to do the same thing. He was so afraid and was trembling and scared when he got to Corinth. There's a Gentile territory. He was having a lot of trouble with the Jews that were there, but they disowned him and driven, persecuting him. And Jesus said, fear not. This is one of the five times that he appeared to Paul. And he said, fear not. I have a lot of people in Corinth. And he stayed there 18 months preaching and teaching. On his way to Rome, he was shipwrecked, had 276 people on the ship. He said, fear not, Paul. I'm going to save every one that's on this ship, 276. And he did. Fear not. We need to remember those. We get scared 
when our loved ones are dying, when our loved ones were losing them, when they've been with us all this time, and when they've done so much for us, and, and when death is dark, it's a dismal, it's, it's, we don't understand unless we have faith in Christ. And then, then we understand. The clouds begin to vanish. Jesus' presence begins to get real. And those who've been with us and helped us uh, through life has taught us a lot of lessons. I want you to remember this great message in Revelation 1. If you would just turn your New Testament to that, I, I think this will get you close to Jesus because this is Jesus. This is Jesus being revealed to us. Uh, and it was a, it was a sixty some odd years after he had died and was at the throne of God. He was on the right hand of the throne of God. He's the one that stood up when, when, when Stephen was was stoned. Now he, he's in heaven, and and now he's come back. He he came back. He he left the throne and he came back. Came back to earth. Revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, look at the fifth verse. And this is from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. The prince of the kings of the earth. He's the prince unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When we feel alone, when we feel that this is the end and, and there's no place to turn and we're hurting and we're wondering what the next moment will have uh, uh, that verse ought to radiate our thinking and our living and our holding on to life and what it means if we're not ha we don't have Christ then we don't have anything and we don't have Christ look at that sixth verse he's made us to be kings and priests unto God We've lost our kingship. We've lost our priesthood because he made us kings and priests. And he made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. We can go to the Father only through Christ. We can talk to the person whose hand moves the world because we can get there through Christ and his blood. And we can only get there through Christ because Christ paid the price. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, let it ever be so. Amen. Now, Jesus, this is what he's saying. He said, uh, I'll tell you, I'm the beginning and I'm the end. I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega. And uh, uh, saith the Lord, he's talking, he's talking, he's talking to old God. I'm the one who started everything. I'm the one who was. I'm the person who now is upholding everything. And I'm the person that's going to hold you in my hand from now on. You don't have to wear. You don't have to fear. 
He is the Almighty. Now old John steps in and he says, I, John, who am, who am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. The patience means just keeping on, keeping on, hanging in there. I was on the aisle called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. That means this is inspired. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And who it was, who was it? It was Jesus. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Uh, the, I, what, you, what, what you write and you see, you write in a book and you send it to the seven churches in Asia. And then he names those seven churches. Now number 12, verse 12. And he said, I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. He didn't see Jesus, but Jesus was speaking, but he saw the candlesticks. You know what that is? That's the church, representing the church, and all the flaws and, and the difficulties in the church that, that, that those seven churches had. And old John saw those. And in the midst of those, though, this is what he saw. He saw the candlesticks, and he saw one like the Son of Man. And he's still here. We just got through worshiping him. We're worshiping him, and we're honoring him now. He's here. He's here for us. He's clothed, and his garments is down to the, the foot, and the girts about the paps, and with the golden girdle. His head and his hair were like white wool. This is the extraordinary picture of a priest in the Old Testament, but even more superb. And he's still that way. You'll never look upon a more uh, precious, strong, loving, caring person as Jesus Christ, and most of us turn our head the other way. His head and his hair were white like wool and white as snow, and his eyes were a flame of fire. I can't visualize that, but spiritually, that's just purity. No sin within him. And his feet like a defined brass, and if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters, and he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in the strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. So he really saw him, and he saw him like this, and he saw him as he described him. He came back sixty-some-odd years after he was crucified. And he laid his right hand upon me and saying unto me, there's those two words. There's those two words. Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And you know what takes the bitterness and the drudgery and the darkness out of death? Is Christ. The cross took his life, but it released him so he could take up his life again and give life to us. And only those who have faith and trust and come to him and see him and work with him and worship him and, and are energetic is the one who 
endures. I want to remind the family that's present here of the great faith and endurance of your mother. You know, I don't know whether you read Peanuts this morning or not, but in the funny paper of today's. Philosophy, philosophy, philosophy. What is this philosophy? What should we follow? And finally they ended up and said, well, I don't like that philosophy, but then it turned out and you know what the word, the magic word was in peanut? Mom! Let me tell you, she's answered to that many, many times. And it was because she was a mom. But more than just a mom, she was a mom with faith. Don't you ever believe that her faith was not under fire, but it never faltered. You'd be proud of that. She said, I have, he told John, he said, I have the keys to the unseen world, to Hades and to death. Oh, thank God that he does. Thank God that he does. I want you to turn to Hebrews 2 in closing. And there's so many passages I'd like to get in here, but I, we just can't do it. But, uh, but this, this, the presence of God and what he's done for us is, is, so, is so pictured in the second chapter of Hebrews. The second chapter. I want you just to glance at that book. I want you to glance at, uh, at the picture, at the first chapter, what a beautiful picture this is of Christ. Look at the second verse of the first chapter of Hebrews. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. He pointed all things, hath, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. He, he's over everything. Why would we ever turn to anyone else? By whom he made the world. He's made all the things that ever exist. He's made it. He's the brightness of God's glory. He is the express image of his person. He is the up, he upholds everything by the word of his power. We couldn't live. We couldn't breathe. We couldn't exist without him. And you know what he did? He purged our sins. And he sat down at the right hand of God. Now we to turn to that second chapter. And the seventh verse. He made him a little lower than the angels... That's when he made him flesh. He crowned him with glory and honor and did set him over his works of his hands. We just read that. Thou hast put all things in subjection under him, for in that he hath put all things under him, he's left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see all things not put under him. In other words, God is still over him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, he paid the price for every man, tasted death for every person, every one of us. If he hadn't tasted death for every one of us, we couldn't be saved. 
For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons into glory and to make the captain of their salvation perfect. You don't have to rem- you don't fear not. He has the answer. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the churches will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I'll put my trust in him. Again, behold, I and the children, which God, those are quotations from the Old Testament. Just to quote and say that they were prophecies of what Christ would do for us. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same wine, that he through death might destroy the devil, that devil, that Satan, that liar, that cheat, that deceiver. And some of us are not wise enough to take advantage of that great power over him. Him that the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them through fear. Fear not. Why? Because Jesus has the answer. Fear of death. For all their lifetime subject to bondage. But where do we lose it? In Christ. For verily he took not on himself the nature of man, took on him just flesh. Respond to Christ as we sing together. <laughs> 